Sunday of Advent, and if you look at the Advent wreath, you would say that normal thing, one of these is not like the other. Today is that Sunday when we light the pink candle. It's Gallaudet Sunday, it's Joy Sunday. And you get to hear my, my same joke every year, do you know why we have a pink candle on the Advent wreath? God wanted a girl. Eventually, you'll get it and you'll say it back to me, but yeah. Well, on this moment of joy, you know, we sang those words earlier, joy to the world, the Lord has come. Would you just sing it with me? Just that first verse a cappella. Let's just do it again. Joy to the world, the Lord is come. Let earth receive her King. Let every heart prepare him room and heaven and nature sing and heaven and nature sing and heaven and heaven and nature sing. Joy. Today we choose joy over fear. Gathering here every Sunday reminds us that, you know, our lives are a part of something bigger. It's not just our individual lives that we're a part of, our family's lives, but we're part of a church, a church that can feed a couple hundred people with food boxes, a church that feeds people every day. Notice it's not joy to the 1% or joy to the Democrats or the Republicans or even joy to the latest soccer winner but joy to the world. The world, all, all means all. Joy can be defined as a feeling of, of great pleasure or happiness. Can you think a minute, just, just kind of take a minute and breathe, take a deep breath in and think, what is it that brings you great joy? What brings you great joy? As you think about it, maybe go ahead and take 10 seconds and whisper to the person beside you or say to the person, the thing that brings me joy is, all right, on your market set, go. All right, David. <laughs> I heard grandchildren and kids. I think David said a short sermon, but is that what you said? There are a lot of things that bring us joy. I'm reading one of the books called uh, by Desmond Tutu and by the Dalai Lama on joy right now. And Bishop Desmond Tutu says this, discovering joy does not, I'm sorry to say, save us from the inevitable inevitability of hardship and heartbreak. In fact, we may cry more easily, but we will laugh more easily too. Perhaps we are just more active. Yet as we discover more joy, we can face suffering in a way that ennobles rather than embitters. We have hardship without becoming hard. We have heartbreak without becoming broken. Wow. 
Joy is a sign throughout the scriptures of God's presence. It's, it's more than happiness. Happiness is that result of a circumstance. You know, we're, we're happy if the airplane's gonna take off on time. We're happy if we get what we want for Christmas. We're happy if our lottery numbers come in. We're happy if they groom all the, all the ski trails tomorrow from your pastor. Then we're happy. But joy, joy is deeper than happiness. If you look in the New Testament, Paul, who's a follower of Jesus, he writes to the church in Galatia. And one of the things he says, he says, when God's in control of your life, he says there's evidence. And then he names the evidence, which we call the fruit of the Spirit. He says, when God's in control of your life, there is, there is love and joy and peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control, wow. So you might think about it as you've matured in your relationship with God, I always think you can take that, that line, Galatians 5.22 and do a little test and say, so is it happening? Am I more loving than I used to be? Am I more patient than I was? Has kindness become my way? Is joy part of my life? And if not, you might step back and go, why not? Why not? When God's in control of your life, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Joy is evidence of the presence of God in our life. It was a long time ago, 1654, November 23, when Blaise Pascal had a dramatic encounter with God. Do you know the name Blaise Pascal? Blaise Pascal is, sad to tell you, responsible for calculus. He was uh, punished one day by his parents that when he was about nine or 10 years old, sent to his room, and that afternoon he began to invent what we would call calculus. Maybe it was his way to get back at everybody. This brilliant scholar who Einstein calls one of the greatest minds in the last thousand years, on November 23rd, 1654, wrote in his diary, I met him, not the God of the philosophers, not the God of the mathematicians, but the God of Abraham, Moses, and Jacob. Joy, joy, joy. Fire, 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 joy, fire, joy, fire, unspeakable joy. All oh, the ecstasy of the joy of the Lord. Joy, joy over fear. It was 1738 when John Wesley, our founder, had been to a, a gathering where he heard the reading of the scripture, the preface to the letter of Romans. And later that night, he wrote in his diary that out of the depths, out of depression, out of the dimness of his soul, he writes, suddenly my heart was strangely warmed and there was unspeakable joy. Joy, it's the story of Christmas. Joy to the world. The scriptures tell us when we read the Christmas story that the after the baby Jesus was born and the angels appeared in the shepherd's fields, they said in Luke chapter two, verse 10, these words, do not be afraid. I bring you good news of great joy for, for what will be for all the people. 
Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in clothes and lying in the manger. You know, there's joy when there's a baby present. I mean, I don't, I'm at that stage in my life when one of our families comes in with a newborn, it's all I can do to, to not say, can I hold them? Right? Can I hold them? I'm always glad to give them back too, but can I hold them for a moment? Sometimes you just got to grab the joy. Watch the screen. Google that clip and you watch the full clip, Mary puts the sheep in a headlock. <laughs> you got to know that's probably a pastor's kid, right? Sometimes you just got to grab the joy. If you think about that song we sang, Joy to the World, you might ask, for what purpose? I mean, what's the purpose of joy to the world? Let's fast forward briefly to Jesus' ministry in Luke chapter 19. Jesus has been traveling and teaching and it says Jesus entered Jericho and he made his way through the town and there was a man there named Zacchaeus. He was a chief tax collector in the region. He had become very rich. Now Zacchaeus is a follower of God. Now, he doesn't have that New Testament passage yet where we read from Paul, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, good. He doesn't have that yet. But joy is still part of the Hebrew tradition. Zacchaeus, although he's a follower of God, you read it, he was a tax collector. He's a collaborator with the occupying Roman army. And he hears Jesus has come town and something in him says, I'd like to see Jesus. But because he probably is not seen as a great person to have in the crowd, he has to, the crowd's not letting him in to see Jesus. He has to climb the tree. We know the story. He climbs the sycamore tree. He runs ahead in order to see Jesus. And when Jesus gets to him, he calls him by name, Zacchaeus. You ever wonder why Jesus, he said, called him by name? He said, well, it's Jesus. No, how does Jesus know it's Zacchaeus? Who's in that group of 12? Here's another tax collector, Matthew. Matthew is a tax collector. Don't you think as they walk perhaps from Jerusalem to, to Jericho that Matthew was at the edge of Jesus' ear going, you think that I was far from God as a tax collector? Wait till you meet my friend Zacchaeus. 
And he's probably told him all, if we could just embrace Zacchaeus, maybe Zacchaeus could find joy that he can't find in tax collecting. Jesus gets to that tree and looks up and says, Zacchaeus, come down from the tree. I'm coming to your house for lunch. The religious crowd, they don't find joy in this moment when a sinner has been embraced. Instead, they, they, they tweet, hashtag not the real Messiah. Hashtag not holy. What's the purpose then of joy? We don't know what happened when Jesus and Zacchaeus are together. We have no dialogue. We know they have lunch together. But we do have the response of Zacchaeus after a few minutes with Jesus. Zacchaeus responds, Lord, here and now I will give away half of my possessions to the poor. And if I've cheated anybody, I'll pay them back four times what I've taken. Wow. Why is he doing this? Joy. The joy of inclusion. The joy of being seen, the joy of being noticed, the joy of being called by name, joy. Joy to the world. It's not just a song, it's, it's a movement. It was about six years ago when my daughter Susanna was coming home around Christmas time. She had gone to the University of Utah. And I got one of those calls that parents get sometimes. Dad, I'm on the side of the road. I have a flat tire. And I said, baby, that's why you have AAA. Called AAA. She was waiting for AAA to show up. And sure enough, a guy pulled off the side of the road right behind her, C.J. Roberts. She never met him before. And he comes up and says, what's the problem? She goes, well, you can see I've got flat tire. He said, I'll change it for you. I'll put your donut tire on. He starts to do that, and he can't get one of the lug nuts off. And he goes, you know what? I know a guy. I know a guy that can tow you to the next town. We'll get this tire off, and we'll get, we'll get your donut put on. Sure enough, he calls his friend, tow truck comes, picks up Susanna's car, takes her to the next exit. And then he says, you know what? I know another guy. You need new tires. And he bought her four new tires and sent her on her way. Now you could say, why was CJ, why was he so gracious? He told her, joy. He said, you know, it just brings me great joy to help someone in need. And you clearly needed some help today. And your car clearly needed some help today. Joy. You might ask, why does a church in Boise gather 250 people every summer to frame a house for Habitat for Humanity? Joy. Why do we feed 100 people every week with lunch bags? Joy. Why do 200 families get food boxes and gift cards? Joy. Why, do we have, why have we given away over $100,000 in the last couple years of our Christmas Eve offering? Joy. The joy of God. Emmanuel, God with us, changes us. Jesus' response to Zacchaeus is this. Zacchaeus says, hey, here and now, I'll, I'll give half of what I have to the poor. If I've cheated anybody, I'll pay them back more. And Jesus replies, today, salvation has come to your home, Zacchaeus. Now, salvation's a church word that we, what does it mean? Today, health has come to your home. It's the same word. Today, wholeness 
has come to your life. It's the same word. Today, salvation has come to your life. Howard Thurman, an African-American author, philosopher, theologian, educator, civil rights leader, wrote many poems, and one of my favorites, and in one of the choir pieces last night, sang this piece, The Work of Christmas. Howard Thurman writes, when the song of the angels is stilled, when the star in the sky is gone, when the kings and the princes are home, when the shepherds are back with their flocks, then the work of Christmas begins to find the lost, to heal the broken, to feed the hungry, to release the prisoner, to rebuild the nations, to bring peace among people, and to make music in the heart. Friends, may we be people who choose joy over fear. Let me give you a couple action steps today <clears throat> as we prepare for this Christmas season. First, I encourage you to invite a friend to come with you to one of the Christmas Eve services. You know, if you've never been to church service or you haven't been in a while, sometimes you don't know the how. Like, think of this building. Which, which door do you come in? Or where do we sit? So if you've got a friend, a neighbor maybe, just reach out and say, would you come with me? Or I'll meet you at the front door and we'll sit together. When there's community, there's connection. Where there's connection, there's joy. So I encourage you to invite a friend. Second, I encourage you to look at all those worship services and say, you know what, we'll come to, we'll come to the two o'clock, but we'll serve at the four. Or we'll come to the four and we'll serve at 11. And look at all the opportunities in there. We, we will need help with directing people to parking, with welcoming folks. With a, at the nine o'clock, there's communion service. We'll need folks to serve communion. Where is it that you could be the hands and feet and maybe bring joy to someone else. You can fill out that card on the inside of your worship folder. You can email me at pastor at boisefumc.org if you say, I'd like to serve at this service. We'll make sure you get connected. Let's pray. God, thank you for the privilege today of lighting the pink candle, of being reminded on this third Sunday of Advent of joy. May we be so bold to grab joy and hold it and share it. May we bring joy to others as we serve, as we give, as we worship, as we become neighbors. It's in the name of Christ we pray. Amen. Welcome, friends. It's Pastor Dwayne at Cathedral of the Rockies. Glad you found the podcast again today. Remember these four things. You are loved by and you matter to God. No crisis will last forever. There is always hope, and others can help you just ask. As we gather, we hope you all these things resonate in your mind, and you know that you are part of us at, at the cathedral. Let's join together in this moment of worship.